1989 is 41. It's a scary fact. <laughs> we're watching Top of the Pops 1989 as as per. I mean, we're about to get a 1990 at some point in time, but we're still in 1989. Mm. Yeah. And Alice Cooper has arrived with his wonderful S- seminal hit, seminal hit poison. Yeah. Your poison running through my veins. Mm. I don't want to break these chains. Yeah. And he's he's on the video. He's wobbling about like an old man with, with a, a much younger lady. <laughs> yes. In her pants and her leather, it with some chains. Yeah. Because she's got chains, you know. Because it's metal. The symbolism is uh, not yeah. the most subtle. And I said to you, "How old? I mean, he's he's old, isn't he? Because he's old now. He's old there. Let's a new set, right? We'll go. We'll look it up." And I think I said something like late 50s as a joke because he's still with us and, you know, mm. he's 41 in 1989. He is 18 months older than me. <gasps> than I am now. I mean, I know you're not wandering around in your leather and your eye makeup, which <laughs> might make a difference. You never know. <laughs> not during the day. <laughs> but, I mean, you've done well. You've done well there, Pat, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. you know, Alice is looking slightly older than you. That's, that's what happens when you play golf. Yeah, he's a keen golfer. Wind on the face. Yeah, he plays off scratch. It's, he could go professional. He could have gone professional. I mean, I'm taking yeah. the mick out of him, but you know, well done, Alice, and his and his golfing prowess. And I suspect he's had a lovely life to look that bad. Yeah, yeah, he's having. I, well, I mean, he's having a lovely time in that video, isn't he? So yeah. But I mean, he's like two years off Wayne's World. He was 43 during Wayne's World. If about that. 43. Right, and yeah, we were like. He seems like a million years yeah, old at that did. point. He, yes. Yeah, it's like Russ Abbott all over again. When we, <laughs> when we worked out that Russ Abbott, when he sang again another wonderful song, "Atmosphere," and he looks like your granddad. Like he looks he's, like he's a granddad turning up at a party to pick up his granddaughter. Yeah, yeah. In the video. Yeah, but he's not. He's younger than we are now. He's younger than we are. It's just not right, is it? It's not right. What happened in the eighties to everyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah curtain. Um... <laughs> yeah, so another another brilliant week with Top of the Pops 1989. I mean, you've been singing everything this week. Uh, I think Martika. Martika's Toy, Toy Soldiers. Soldiers. Yeah. Do you know all I can think of was the Eminem sort of because didn't he sample? Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking of that today. The the greatest in the top ten at the moment is Liza Minnelli's "Losing My Mind," which every now and again I just hear you go "Losing My Mind" like in a really over the top Liza Minnelli style. Lucille too. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Oh, I love nineteen eighty nine. Um, but you know, soon we'll be on a nineteen ninety, and what wonders will yeah, but appear. we will be beyond Jive Bunny then. Yeah, Jive Bunny's been number one for is it three weeks now? Three or four weeks, yeah. Three or four weeks. Do you know what the worst thing is? What? There's what? two more number one Jive Bunny songs to come. Is there? Yes. I didn't know they did anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's oh. Swing the Mood on at the minute. Oh, hey, don't don't spoil it. Is it, like, coming up soon? They didn't have a long and varied career. <laughs> they didn't go away and reinvent themselves. <laughs> So, oh, go, go on then. Right, I don't which, know. I can't. Okay. I can't think what the other ones are. Good. But, good uh, right. I'm not spoiled. That. I'm looking forward to more Jive Bunny. I mean, I've got I've got the album at my mum and dad's house. Yeah. Yeah, on vinyl. Because oh of course it was on vinyl. Of course it was. 
Not cassette. Could like propping it up against like a, a little portable I mean, record we, player and putting it on Instagram. Genuinely, yeah, we could. That would be brilliant. Along with the London Boys, I've got that as well. The what? The, the, oh, the London Boys. Oh, you yeah. love the London Boys. Yeah. And I'd never heard of them. But yeah. Lovely London hats. Bo- brilliant hats. And fabulous dancing. Yes. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we should have put that in uh, watching watching television and talking yes, television. We've section. not got a lot, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> should have really filled that it out. That would have really filled it out, wouldn't it? Mm. But yeah, let's let's swiftly move on. Let's do an awkward segue into uh, talking TV. Watching television, watching television. So this week has not been a stellar week. Yeah, nothing's really started. And nothing's really finished. Mm. Um, but there is one thing that we've watched all week. Yes, something that I don't think we ever would have imagined watching a few months ago. Who wants to be a millionaire? I do. I'd quite like to as well. We've been doing that thing where you like have a little think about what you're going to do when you win all the money. Yes, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I've, I've quite fancy my chances on that. You've been looking up trips to Vegas. <laughs> I've yeah, I've spent a lot of my week looking up Vegas on Street View, just wanting to go back. I keep looking over at your laptop and all it's like menus of places that we've been, with you selecting what we would have for breakfast. Lockdown, lockdown yeah, week eight or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, who wants to be a millionaire is back yeah. after quiz. Was I mean it's good. Um, it's a good time to put it back on after quiz. Mm. Yeah. So. It's presented now by Jeremy Clarkson. Mm-hmm. I found to my surprise. Yeah. It's not the first... I think he's done a few specials. Oh, I don't even know if he's done a series, to be honest with you. I mm. just... I don't think it's his first rodeo with it. I think he's been on before. Yeah. And... Because they've brought in that new lifeline, which is Ask the Host, and that seems to be quite well established now. Yes. Yeah. Because people know that he knows about cars and travel. Yeah, they really... You're very well-travelled, Jeremy, they keep keep saying to him. Yeah. And he seems to be a bit of a history buff as well, because he keeps throwing in things like... He, like, really casually put in the other night, well, I was just reading about, you know, Genghis Khan, and uh, and I thought, all right, okay, so he's really into his his history. And he said something about Caesar as well, so he knew about Julius Mm. Caesar. So, yeah. I was really prepared to not like him, because I think... Jeremy Clarkson became a parody of himself about 15 years ago. Mm. It was probably about the time Facebook started and you got all them groups of, Jeremy Clarkson should be Prime Minister. Okay. And I think he took that to heart and just mm. came out. And he was it was kind of like mini Piers Morgan before Piers Morgan was Piers Morgan. Yeah. There was... But I, I really quite enjoy him on this. Yeah, yeah. I think he's... I, I still... I think Chris Tarrant, I don't think I'm ever going to move away from that, but I'm a creature that does not like change. But yeah, I think he's... Especially with the new Lifeline, the new Ask the Host, He, you know he's a knowledgeable man. Yeah. Not saying Chris Tarrant isn't, but you know of the mm. knowledge that Jeremy Clarkson has. Especially, like you say, with geography, with history, that sort of thing. And cars and mm. and space as well, so anything yeah. like that. I find him a gr- more grizzly host. I have to say, you can really tell when he doesn't like someone, and he's quite <laughs> aggressive. Like sometimes I find him too aggressive, and I just think, oh, be nicer. Yeah, you but know. when he doesn't like people, normally we've already picked up. We we don't like them either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't like many people, according to the way that we've shouted at the telly. For who wants to be a millionaire? There was a couple of people who have been shouting, get it wrong, go and go for it. <laughs> I shouted the other day, you don't deserve that money. <laughs> like, 
We, you only see them for like two minutes and you make a judgment call. Yeah. It's terrible, isn't it? I mean, that's really bad. Could just be nerves, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I think we should maybe see people soon because <laughs> the fact that we're being so antisocial to people we don't know on the deli mm. who could have anything going on in their lives is, is a bit of a bit of a worry really but yeah I'm sure they're lovely people but yeah um I'm getting used to him and I like the fact that he tries to encourage them to be a little less cautious well I mean the one they want people to go as far as they can even though it's giving away more money for them it's better publicity mm. like that guy who won half a million mm-hmm. um, he was in the papers and yeah, yeah you were spoiled I was I, I know you were and now all day I was like do you want to watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire do you want to watch it? no no because it's become our lunchtime thing hasn't it you come downstairs you watch a bit of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire I mean we fast forward through all the early questions which is again another testament to the fact that we have no patience whatsoever <laughs> that we're not going to sit there listening to someone you know what colours a banana yellow red green purple you know it's green sometimes. is it yeah. so, I mean it is actually oh no that's t- <laughs> What a weird question, actually, pick up. <laughs> yes, it is green sometimes. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But yeah, we do fast forward through that, but also get a little bit shocked when someone uses a lifeline on those early questions as well. Judgment. Judgment I mean, for those people. You're quite harsh with people. Yeah. Like, oh, what an idiot. <laughs> and then you got one where you didn't know it, but that was apparently not... Not knowing history is apparently far more <laughs> idiotic than not knowing about sports. The Fosbury flop. I've yes. never heard of it. Yeah. Whereas you're like, oh, what sort of, what an idiot. What, would you come on that and not know that? And then, oh, I don't know. So that's what we've been watching together, which has kind of been it, really. You've been watching normal people at the usual rate of knots. Have you still been? Yeah, I think I'm it? about three episodes off the end now. Yeah, um, and I'm, I haven't progressed it any further. I've needed a bit of a bit of a break from it. This gets really good. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm sure it does. I know what happens. So, you know, don't push me or I might let something slip. Well, that'd be unusual for you. Well, I know, I know. It's awful. I really had to stop myself the other day when you were watching, you were watching Midsummer. Yeah. You take yourself away from me for a bit. Yeah. Who can blame you? And you were watching Midsummer, which, you know, nice bit of horror for, for a an Sunday evening. afternoon. <laughs> so you were watching that, and uh, I, I just was stood in the doorway with the baby, and I nearly shouted just. A random phrase that means something to us, but actually would spoil the entirety of that film. Yes. And I had to, I mean, the words were coming out and I had to just hold them, hold them back in. So yeah, I do have form. I think the highlight was um, when I was watching True Blood all those years ago and you turned around and said, you found out he's a, he's a wizard yet? Yeah. No, funnily no. enough. Um, you've been watching something by yourself though, because the other morning... <laughs> It sounds really wrong, doesn't it? Or accusatory. The other morning, I was woken up. I was trying to have a lie in. I was woken up to the sounds of uh or brrr, you know. Lovely. Sorry, I should have took the baby alarm down. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been watching Devs because I know that uh, that soundtrack anywhere. That weird discordant soundtrack that woke me up. I think now that Westworld is over. I am ready to start devs. I've not listened to your comments and I can't quite remember why you switched off on it. Mm. There's the odd bits I remember, but I've not quite got to those bits yet. But mm. I'm really enjoying it. Okay. I think it's ultra stylized and everyone's yeah. a little bit annoying. Yes. Um 
but it's kind of my comment. It's telling a story, and there is a there's an image in there when uh, that won't spoil it, but mm-hmm. when they are in the devs' building mm-hmm. and they show something on screen from mm-hmm. history mm-hmm. that has stayed with me for okay. reasons, and I, I didn't expect to see that on okay. screen. So yeah, I'm looking forward to carrying it on. I'm pleased you you're enjoying it because, mm. as you know, I absolutely hated it, and I really, really tried. You know, I watched more episodes than I really wanted to. Just trying to get there, mm. it made me feel really low and unhappy, and I'm glad I stopped it when I did. But others have absolutely raved about it, so maybe it's just not my thing. I'm aware that there is an an ending. Right. Um, because I had a lot of people talk about, oh, we need to talk about the ending of devs. Mm, mm. So, yeah, um, sometimes that's a bit of a worry when you know that there is a quote-unquote mm. ending. But... but it's Alex Garland, so it's always going to be, isn't yeah. it? I would never have thought that you were gonna. Do... it was all going to be wrapped up and, you know... I need to ask a question. Yeah. Is Alex Garland devs Ex Machina Annihilation? Yeah. Same Alex Garland, The Beach. The Beach, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's the author of The Beach. So... Mm. Back in the day when you know, do you remember the beach book? Yes. And it was that really bright colour and on the on the cover. Yeah. And Alex Garland, that I don't know whether it was his first novel, but it really that was the thing that absolutely launched him. When did he change from? Yeah, that to I know, I know. Being known for wanky sci-fi. Yeah, it's he really loves his AI and his mm. robots and sci-fi yes. and and like I said before, really discordant. Um, music and, and soundtrack really I don't weird. Know what that means? <laughs> it, just, it just means that it's clashing. The music's clashing. So you know when I'm going, uh, uh, that's yeah, that's discord. It's not melodic. Yes. Yeah. So that because he does that in Annihilation in particular. Yeah, absolutely. It really scares me. That sort of music I find really really scary. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, yeah, you are quite scared. I am of quite stuff. scared of stuff. Yeah. Mm. You've been watching something else by yourself, though, haven't you? I mean, you've watched Devs. I watched something but by myself. You've watched something by yourself this week that you wanted to talk about. So, yeah, this, I think it was last week, Jerry Seinfeld's stand up comedy dropped on Netflix. What do you know about Jerry Seinfeld? I know there's a show called Seinfeld you've made me watch one episode of. Which... I think two. Oh, I can only remember one. Which one, which, which one do you remember? I don't really remember what happened. Oh, was it a rude one? Was it a one where people weren't allowed to have fun times with themselves? That's that's one of the ones that we watched. Right, okay. That's kind of the fran- that was kind of the breakout episode. The other one we watched was when they are picked up in a limo. A limo. Uh, they get there at the airport, George and Jerry, and they get into a limo, like they say, Oh, what's well, the worst that could happen? Right. And it turns out that like as they are getting picked up and going somewhere, mm-hmm. they think they're going to like a basketball game. What they're actually doing is they are being presented as a white supremacist. Um, do you not remember that at I all? I don't remember that at all. Clearly, weren't watching. You yeah, enjoyed it at the time, did I? Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and also when we were in New York, you pointed things out that were to do with Seinfeld, which I had no idea about. Yeah. Okay. So that that is it. Mm. That is it. You're aware that Seinfeld is a hugely successful comedy in America. Yes, and it gets repeated, doesn't it? It's more yeah. popular than, say, Friends in America, I yeah, dare say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Friends, the early Friends, is mm-hmm. very much almost a rip-off of okay. uh, Seinfeld. 
I understand that it's maybe a step above sort of the Friends comedy in terms of like it's cerebral content. Mm, not really. No. no. Okay. I mean, it's it's very much it's very much Friends in a situation. Okay. And Jerry Seinfeld, it's based on his stand up stuff. He was very mm-hmm. in obs- very observational stand up mm-hmm. um, back in the eighties. Had this idea, and then it, it's. A bit like Will and Grace, where Will and Grace aren't the interesting people and Will and Grace. Uh, George is yeah. the neurotic, yes. um, sort of crazy guy, uh, Kramer, who lives across the hall. Yeah, I remember him. Is ca- odd. Yes, is the odd. He's the Phoebe. Yeah. Um, yeah, who's since been quite problematic. Oh, has he? Oh, yeah, no. yeah, there was a video of him oh, doing stand-up, no. uh, which led to quite a big cancel at cancel culture okay. of him. He took exception to some African-American hecklers. Oh, you can imagine oh, how it went. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But Jerry, Fa- Jerry Seinfeld, mm. since the show finished in I think, 1998, hasn't done that much. I haven't really heard, heard of, but I'm not watching mm. those things. It's not in my my circle. Yeah, so he did B movie. He wrote and that. Yeah, it was an animated kids. Oh, B as in yes. B is in a buzzy bee. Yes. No, yeah. I'm thinking of like B movie as in like scary movie. Well, that's the joke of the title. Oh, is it right? Okay. Yeah. So he wrote and directed that um, <laughs> in the early. Like, I think it was 2008. Okay. It's all right. Is it a kid's film? Yeah, yeah. Right, it's right, okay. 100% a kid's film. Right. He produced a TV show called The Marriage Ref, where him and other celebrities would settle marital arguments. Oh, um, that. Yeah, okay. And I think his most recent stuff is comedians in cars getting coffee. Oh, right. Which is basically just his an excuse for him to... It's amazing when you get that successful that you can film yourself to to go out, get a coffee and just have a chat with other comedians. It's like James Corden and his karaoke in the car and yeah. Almost eerily so, Mm -hmm. yes. Everything about a car. I think that's probably just far enough to not be sued. Yeah. Um, And I think that's probably the most successful thing he's done. Okay. But he was a producer and the the creator of Seinfeld that is played every day multiple times. Mm -hmm. So he is... Or very almost a billionaire. He's as close oh, to a billionaire yeah, as, okay. as as makes no difference. So he doesn't have to work. Mm. One thing he does do is he still performs stand up. Mm-hmm. Doesn't go out on big tours. Well, you but need to, doesn't no. He? But he every year he will do like a select amount of shows. He had a residency at the in London, I think, at the O2 a few years ago. But this is the first live show that he's put out for twenty two years. He's one of the most famous people in America, and he's now long-awaited return to live stand-up comedy. I love Seinfeld. I watched B-Movie on a plane before it was out in the UK. That's how excited I was. Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> so this is a one-off show? It's a one-off, one-hour it special. Netflix? It's Netflix, yeah. yeah. It's 23 Hours to Kill, I think it's called. Okay. And it's not very good. Oh, no. Yeah. After what you said, I was getting really excited after what you said about the other comedy you know the improv comedy yeah. show we talked about last week which i cannot remember because it's two people's names and i can't middle remember middle miss them. and schwartz that it was i know i think you said something but Not yeah middle miss anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah um so you were really up on that and then obviously seinfeld with this background but you know no it face is... tells a story oh, it's not happy i found it most i th- it's got some quite good reviews. That's why I checked mm. it out. I'm not really one for checking out live comedy, but it, mm-hmm. it's Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, I can only think it's get it's getting these reviews on his reputation. 
he is best. He obviously does a lot of observational stuff, but his observational stuff is. Hey, all these kids with these smartphones are texting all the time, and oh, sometimes the reply just K can't even put oh. It's quite generic. Oh, it's I mean it's it's jokes like oh god, what people like at the buffet. It's like. Oh. Do you think it might be because you haven't been to a buffet for a while because we've been in the house for a long time? Do you think? Do you think? I mean, I'm I'm clutching at straws maybe here. No. But... No. The fact that our situation means that we can't go to a buffet. No, I think how people act at a buffet is mm. probably one of the oldest tropes yeah, in yeah, comedy. Yeah, and it's very, like, 1980s, mm. isn't it? Yeah. It's also very hard for him to punch up. Mm. Like, unless he's going to just do a diatribe on Trump, which I'm not against. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe... I thought that would be... Is it political at all? No, no, that's not oh, his style. Oh, but it's um, not his style, right. No, um... There might have been something. I, it's very forgettable. Mm-hmm. I found myself just like, oh, yeah. Um, the best thing he does is when he acknowledges how successful he is and kind of puts that into a joke. Mm-hmm. So at some point he's like, oh, God, it's hard life, isn't it? I mean, it's less, it's less hard for me. Yeah. At least he's acknowledging the elephant in the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it might just be that it was live in New York. That's where he grew up. That's where he lives. It's where his TV show was set. Um, like we saw the shop where the Soup Nazi works yes. in when we went yeah. to New York, yeah. and they have a big sign, and that is because he just works just around the corner. So he used to go get soup from this guy who's become this character, and these I think these are very much his people that he's performing towards, and they seem to be loving it. And I'm, I dare say, it, if you you know, I've been at gigs where I thought I'm quite glad I'm seeing this person, but if I listen to it back. I'm pretty sure it's going to be rubbish. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be the case now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I mean, 66 years old. He acknowledges he had a quite problematic period. Um, When he was 38, he dated a 17-year-old schoolgirl. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, right in the middle of his fame in the show. Uh uh, Uh Yeah, I mean, nowadays... Is he making jokes? out of that or is he acknowledging it and he's kind of acknowledging Mm. yeah because he also does bits about oh married life oh it's it's trouble bringing up kids and stuff Mm. like that and he's like yeah well i did my time doing other things and but yeah he doesn't like (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah it was it was distinctly average and it really pains me to say that yeah so i'd say don't watch it elaine yeah okay not that you ever would well, after you had had me on the improv stuff, I was like, I'm not going to watch that, but I'm mm. definitely not going to go for the, the sign. But I can't believe that out of all the things that we've talked about this week, it's you're loving a bit of devs, which I can't stand. Yeah. And really, the, be- the best show of the week is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah. Isn't that mad? The best show of the week is Seinfeld that's all on <laughs> Amazon last time I checked. So uh, Amazon Prime. So just go watch that. Yeah. I suppose First series, it's only six episodes. It's not too great, but after that it gets better. Go watch Seinfeld. So on that theme of, it's not really many good things on at the moment. <laughs> do you want to watch Jaws 3D? No. I know you've looked up the running time because you told me this earlier. Yes. So you have, have you seen anything? Have no, seen I've not any seen anything. I've purposely not looked at who's in it. It's 99 minutes. So that's good, isn't it? <laughs> 99 minutes of the third film in the Jaws series. Let's go do it. I'm excited. A creature alive today has survived millions of years of evolution. 
It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine that will attack and devour anything. One terrified you like nothing you have ever experienced when it captured your imagination and tapped your fear like no movie before it. Then, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, two continued the legend and spread the fear. Next summer, nature's most terrifying creature takes on an all-new dimension in an all-new adventure. And for the first time, the terror of Jaws will not stop at the edge of the screen. Jaws 3D. The third dimension is terror. How dare you call High School Musical amateur? I dared. Yes. I'm going to put my hot water bottle down now because it's making a noise. (laughs) Just the noise of the ocean. Go on, go on, give me your worst. I think that was the worst film I've ever seen. No, it's it's not, Mark. It's not the worst film you've ever seen. It's one of the worst made films I've ever seen. No, I don't think it is. I think there's worse out there. There might be. I haven't seen them. I think, I think it starts off really well. I think it's got a really good start. It loses it at the end. I'm not going to defend it, but I think this has the makings of a brilliant sequel. Right. When was this made? This is 1983. <laughs> okay, right. That, that, that fills in a few gaps. So we're going to do spoilers for Jaws 3. D. In brackets D. <laughs> and boy, did they get their D in there. Uh, so yeah, thirty-seven year old movie. I think we're safe with spoilers on that. And I don't think anyone really will have seen it. I mean, in, or maybe once. In many it. ways, I think the biggest spoiler was the people who made this film. <laughs> Do not see this film. I'm genuinely sad. That's not to say I've not had fun watching it, mm-hmm. but I've had fun watching it when I laugh with you at the worst special effects I've ever seen. They are awful for a film made in the eighties. Yeah, like the. That, that's that's amateur hour. Like it's I could cool. do better than yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Blake I know. could do better than that. Yeah, oh, I know. And he's asleep, and he, mm. could, he could probably do it better in his sleep. To be fair, do you want? To, should we start off from the beginning? Should we explain what happens? Is it or the premise of Jaws three? Because it does move away quite significantly from Jaws one and two. At Jaws one being a good film, yeah, it yeah. moves significantly away from that. Oh yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I'm not gonna say that it's anything <laughs> like that, or or even two really. But we've moved away from Amity. So here's here's one of the big problems with mm-hmm. it. This is set, and I, in hindsight, I did know this, but I did it didn't wasn't at the forefront of my mind. It's set around SeaWorld. Yes, and it is the actual SeaWorld. Yeah, an organisation that's largely been discredited oh, in recent absolutely. years. Absolutely, yeah, and watching it makes me feel really uncomfortable now. Every time you see Shamu with the floppy mm, dorsal the fin. fin. yeah. It's kind of like watching Top of the Pops, mm. but where they've got um, some questionable acts on. Yeah, I know, it is. It's, it is. It uh, leaves a really bad taste in your mouth, doesn't it? So, okay, let's go through the cast. Okay. So, you've got Dennis Quaid. Yeah. As the son of yes, Brody from of the original. Chief Brody from the original, yeah. Uh, his nondescript brother, who thinks he's a cowboy but is afraid of the ocean. 
Well, Sean, Sean Brody, also from. So are they in? Are they both in the they same? Are. Right? Are they characters in the? Yes, thing? they are. Obviously, mm. different actors playing them as younger versions of themselves. But in Jaws two, which you talked about last week, mm. can you remember I made you watch that as well? I remember virtually nothing from that. Okay, so, well, yeah. in that, um, Mike is like a teenager, and it's all of his teenage friends, you know, you okay. alluded to the teenage yeah. friends, and Sean is a lot younger, and he takes mm. Sean out with the friends, and Sean's absolutely terrified of the water because of all the things that go on in, in, in those films. Right, okay. That's why he's a cowboy mm. in this. So you've got Dennis Quaid's girlfriend. Yes. Uh, who is a doctor. She is. She's actually got a bit to do for Woo-hoo. this film. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's seen as an intelligent woman who knows about marine biology. Mm. And um, Dennis Quaid's brother. What's his name in this, Sean? It's Sean, yeah. Sean. I don't think anyone actually calls him Sean no. or anything like that. So, yeah. Uh, hooks up with Lorraine McFly. Yes, Leah Thompson in her first ever film role. So okay. this is her debut. Wow. Jaws 3. Wow. There's a lot of exposition early on, and not even exposition that's needed. Like, Sean will turn to Lorraine and say, I'm not even going to call her Lorraine McFly back. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. We'll turn to her and say, They've been together one and a half years. Yes. Just (laughs) as around the. um, Dennis Quaid and his girlfriend are having a conversation, and it's. They're talking about him moving to Venezuela and she's got a chance to study at this programme. And they're talking like they've never heard of either of these concepts before. So Dennis Quaid and his girlfriend work at SeaWorld. Dennis Quaid is the engineer. So he, the make a joke, you, I, Dennis Quaid says, I built it. And she says, yeah, I swim in it. Yes. So she's doing all of the park life. She's in charge of the animals. Park life. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been good if it popped up. And he does all the engineering. Yes. He's in charge. So that's, you. maybe you're led to believe that they met in this, mm. in SeaWorld and they got together there. Sean has just come for a holiday. So he's not, he hates the water. Yeah. He lives in Colorado. So he's come over for a bit of a holiday and he's going to meet Lorraine McFly. Mm. Lorraine McFly is part of the welcome group and she also does, what's that thing where you're a pyramid on ski, jet ski things? Like a, a, like yeah yeah an acrobatic an acrobatic so yeah. she's, she's part of that brigade mm. and she hooks up with him and leads him astray essentially because she's always trying to get him in the flaming water yeah and he doesn't like it i mean yeah yeah she's annoying they play a game that i don't think is a real game called standoff <laughs> i saw you write something down when this came on so they're all in the bar they're all, like they're getting together again and um you're being introduced to the two lads and the girlfriend you know so every, everyone's having a night out in the pub in SeaWorld because they it, we don't go outside of SeaWorld at no. all here and Lorraine McFly is doing this game with another boy yeah. and Sean decides that he is he's better and he just get know he's really confident isn't he, he just mm. gets up he's like he doesn't know any of these people he's like I can, I can do that. I can beat this this girl. At this game that is played all along the east coast of the United States. Yeah. Is this an actual game? I haven't got a clue. It's called Standoff. Standoff. Yeah. So is it just you've got to be You've got to balanced. push him over. But I don't really understand how how Leah, whatever, uh, Lorraine McFly yeah. can ever beat anyone. Because yeah, she's, she's tiny. tiny. And she's shown to... Right, so there's no mention of this on... Um, oh, Okay. Right, so it looks like it's a camp game. Okay. Also known as Gladiator Hands. That makes sense because they, they get a the hands A Native American up. game helping develop balance. I don't believe she could beat him. Well, she didn't beat yeah. him. 
I know she believes she could beat the big beardy guy that was. Well, uh... the beardy guy was just. He was just rubbish. He has no balance. Yeah, so, the, I mean. <sighs> Never to be seen again, beardy guy. <laughs> yeah. So they have a few beers. Mm-hmm. So had to go for a drive. Yeah, yeah. Very responsible. Lots of driving and drinking, isn't there? Yeah. Like even Dennis Quaid and his girlfriend, yeah. the, the doctor, they very sensibly go, oh, we'll have a walk. But then about a few minutes after that, you see them in a car and mm. it's the same It's the same night. Yes. So I don't know how they got into the car or so, indeed why they're in the car. Uh, Dennis yeah. Quaid also smokes in every single scene yes. in this film as well. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah, he's always absolutely. in the background just having a tab. Yeah. Apart from when he's in the water. So Lorraine McFly tries to lure Sean into the water. Yes. With the promise of some loving. She's quite successful. Um, and then the next thing we see, they're at home. My favorite, Hungover. Yeah. My favourite bit of the film, Dennis Quaid holding his dog's ears up while he drinks. Oh, it's lovely. Is it, see, those are the things. I think this, this first half of the film, right, in all seriousness, I think it builds your characters lovely. The women have something to do. They're not just talking about, like, they barely talk to each other, the women, um, which I know is a problem in itself, but mm. at least they're not standing there talking about boys. She's talking about a job. She's got a lot of stuff to, to say in terms of um, marine biology and mm. then Sean comes up and they it, they really behave like a family unit of people who are young and maybe starting out in their you know their first careers I, th- I think it's a really good build up so th- let's go to the management of the park yes so Lewis Gossett Jr now when his name came up because the credits are at the front of yes. it with who's there so you were able to like because so, I haven't told you about who's in this so straight yeah. away you're like Dennis Quaid Bess Armstrong who plays Dennis Quaid's girlfriend mm. and then Lewis and he gets a full on Lewis Gosses Jr. as yeah. and then they say the name of the guy who I can't remember yeah. but they say the name of his character so he gets a full screen yeah who is he? do you not know? I only know him from this no you don't who is he? he's Will Reeves from Watchmen. He's not. He is. Oh, I can't cope with that. I can't cope with that at all. <laughs> He's like a really old man now. Yes. Is that him? Yes, that, that's Lewis Gossett Jr. That is mad. Who you is? You have blown my mind. <laughs> you have utterly, utterly blown my mind. <laughs> what I, I really felt watching this again and given some very sad events actually recently... You know the guy who's in Jurassic World? Yes. So, you know... Well, I don't know who you mean, but... Well, it's the the guy who is his equivalent in Jurassic World. His name is... um, It's Irfan Khan. Yes. He very recently died. I think he had cancer. Yes, he did. Very, very early. um, So really, really, really tragic. uh, Tragically early. I feel he's a a real equivalent here because Irfan Khan in Jurassic World, he's the... He's, he's meant to be the equivalent of John Hammond, but he isn't. He's more of a playboy and mm. he, he's young and vibrant and he wants, you know, bigger animals and, you know, come on. And, and then he flies helicopters and he's much more entertaining. And Louis Gossett Jr. in here, I think, is very, very similar in that he's commercial. He's looking to build his park, but he can have moments of sort of seriousness as well when things go wrong. I think there's a total funding performance. It is. I completely disagree. So this is 83, and I I might have got my dates wrong. A year either way of this, he's won the Best Supporting Actor Oscar. Has he? Yes. I I know nothing about this guy. So he was the drill sergeant in Officer and a Gentleman. Don't know Officer and a Gentleman. Never watched it. Okay, right. I think he's the drill sergeant. Okay. He won it for an officer and a gentleman. Because I looked this up right. when, I saw, when he was in Watchmen. Okay. I can't believe he didn't know he was in Watchmen. No, I only know him from this. 
Right, you're showing me pictures now. Sergeant Emil Foley. In an officer and a gentleman. Yeah. Oh, there he is. Jaws 3D. Jaws 3D. Watch Will Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm not, it's not like I don't believe you. It's <laughs> yeah. just I can't put the <laughs> concepts together. Yeah. And I think he's doing great. I mean, there are some cheesy bits. It, it's this film, isn't it? It's a sequel. Mm. It's the third in a series. But I, I think he's got some real moments of pathos. And also he's not just comedy villain. No, who I thought was going to be comedy villain mm-hmm. was the British dickheads that turn up, as I've written down here. So, whereas I don't know Louis Gossett Jr. yet. You don't know Simon McCorkendale, do you? Right, so which one's Simon McCorkendale? He's the one that's like a fop. He's very very British, very posh. So I've written that he's a oldie version of Face from the A-Team. He is, yeah. And I've also written in a little joke, which I'm very really proud of, Burke Denedict. <laughs> right. Are you going to say that quite a lot tonight as well? No. Are you going to go to bed and you're going to be like repeating that as well as your best joke? I'm very proud. That doesn't matter. Well done. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, si- that's Simon McCorkendale? Yeah. Do you know I don't know Simon anything. I recognise him from something. Okay, so Simon McCorkendale, um, in yet another mention of this film, made his name in Death on the Nile oh, in 78. Right. Okay. Um, and then came on to do films like this. Mm. But then he, in his sort of later years, he was in Casualty. So you may know him from, I know you weren't like an avid watcher of Casualty, but he was always on like British TV on BBC. Um, so he was there for eight years as a guy called Harry Harper. But again, in a, there's a lot of tragic turns tonight actually talking about actors. He died very young. He died in his 50s. Oh, wow. Of bowel cancer. Wow. So he died in 2010. And one of the saddest things I think I learned about it because it really took everyone by surprise. He didn't tell anyone he was poorly, and he was whilst he was having treatment. And when it um, became obvious it was terminal, mm. Casualty was obviously giving him storylines where he was having to impart um, cancer um, diagnoses to people, and also to tell people that their treatment was was not possible anymore, whilst he was going through the same thing. Wow! I know, okay. yeah, um, really, really sad because really, um, really young, really young. Mm. And okay, so mm. so then you're the bad. Film. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's accompanied so, by yeah. his assistant, who oh, Jacko. Terrible. Who I've described as cross between Tosh Lines and the baddie wolf from Willy Fogg. Yeah, yeah. He's he's am- he's amazingly bad. Yeah. He's in a different film to everyone else. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You can't really understand what he's saying. Not at all. I'm glad you yeah. said that. Yeah. I have seen this film more times than I should have done. He's muttering some, f- like, sub Dick Van Dyke, Cockney. Yeah, a bit Ray Winston. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't understand it. You don't know what you're my governor did it. I'm not even gonna try. Mm. It's it's awful. And his acting towards the end becomes just because, <laughs> you know, um Simon McCorkendale sadly does not, does not come out of end. this. Right yeah. and when his uh, his mate Jacko finds out, he just loses it, but mm. not in a good way. Going back to the go back to the plot. Yeah. So this centers around um there is a shark that has gotten into the compound at SeaWorld. Yes. There is some plot point about a gate that's not able to close. And a very a very bronzed and ripped guy goes down to weld it shut or do whatever he does to close the gate and doesn't come back. 
Um, his girlfriend's very upset about that. Yeah. Is his girlfriend the one that's also working in the bar? Yeah. So yeah. in the bar, on this night out that they have, where they play the game mm. of pushy over, she comes up and says... Wearing an amazing headband. Oh, amazing. Very, so 80. She looks like she's in a lovely Newton-John video. Yeah. Um, she comes up and essentially has a go at Dennis Quaid saying, You've, how are you making him do overtime? He hasn't come home. Mm. Is, and then also accusing the guy who's gone missing of just going off with someone else. And yeah. he's like, oh, if he's off playing with that girl in the in the reception kiosk, the souvenir kiosk, <laughs> he's going to go off with her, I'm going to leave him. And then the next day, he still hasn't come home mm. because he's not, you know, he's the shark's got him. So, she, she throws all of his clothes at Dennis Quaid and says, that's it, he's yeah. gone. So Dennis Quaid and Bess, Ar- Beth, Bess Armstrong? Bess Armstrong is the, yeah. yeah go person. down to investigate. Yeah. And in a turn from Aquaman, have to do an escape on the back of two dolphins. How is this a good film? (sighs) And all the footage of a shark at this point is stock footage. It is. Apart from where it hits into a wall and it is just a model that is crashing into a wall. Yeah. And it's very clearly a model. Yeah. I think we need to talk about the 3D effect. Okay, go for it. I think that they're quite distracting when I'm watching a film now from a few years ago that was filmed mm-hmm. in three day. Mm-hmm. This is some way beyond that. It's you. It's not like you just look at it and you go, "Oh, that bit's three day." Yeah. They pause on the item that's meant to be sticking out mm. for a good, you know, thirty to forty seconds every time. So much so that every time it happened, I just like waved my hand, like so, put my hand slowly in front of your face. <laughs> so if something's coming towards you, it's coming towards the screen like so slowly, mm. isn't it? There is a special effects shot of a submarine that is genuinely primary school level. Yeah. It just comes along the screen. It's it, it it's pre it's sub stingray. It comes along, it's so green screen that and this submarine is is it sort of a yellow It's like a submersible they call it. It's just a but, small thing yeah. that they can But the colour blends in with whatever the green screen that they use. Yeah, yeah, so the, So the, part of it just disappears at it. some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, you can just see through the bottom of it. Yeah. No reason. Yeah. And then I've kind of lost interest in this show at this point. Did, is that the bit where you so kind of went... The, the, they capture the shark. They capture the shark. Now, at this point in time, did you think, there's something a bit funny about this shark. This is meant to be Jaws. The shark is meant to be absolutely massive, and they're calling it a great white. Mm. And yet, once they've captured this shark, because they do, they I think they um, they sting it with, they sort of sedate it. Yeah, and they capture it quite early. They, they then put it in a paddling pool. Yes. And two people are on either side of it. And it's it's tiny. It's absolutely tiny. It so, looks like a dolphin. You're right, but I had no faith in the filmmakers to right. have a have a shark of an actual size that would kill someone. So did someone. you not think, oh, that's a baby shark? That would be a no then. No, it didn't. I thought that's a bit small, but I didn't think it would play into the narrative. So. And did you not think they've caught that shark pretty early? Yeah, but I thought it was going to like jump out of a pool and like actually be stood on someone's head and... <laughs> That'd be it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it'd be actually out of the pool and over the top of someone with the legs running around with a shark on top of them. <laughs> so this shark is very small. Yes. And But and other incidents keep occurring. Hmm. So they eventually work out that the shark has a mum. Yes. And the mum is angry uh, because they they sadly don't treat the baby shark very well. They use it as a an exhibition piece, don't they? They just 
Is that where the, the mum's pissed water. off? And I think that's meant to be the background to it, is that it's looking for its child. I mean, the Shamu's mum over there going mm, <laughs> annoyed and um, yeah. flipping Phil or whatever the two dolphins are called. Yeah, so I think that is meant to be the thing, because yeah, the baby shark eventually dies, doesn't it, in this horrible scene. Oh, yeah. Where children are present, because <laughs> they've, yeah, they've taken it from one pool to another, and... Dennis Quaid's doctor girlfriend. Still don't know what her name is. That's sad. She rushes to and calls them idiots. And she's like, "Why mm. have you put it in a different pool with all these people around? I was trying to make it well and trying to sort it out, and it's just floating there. And then it just turns upside I down, don't. and all these kids are there. And there's like a cry of a child. <laughs> and it's, I find that it's quite quite like yeah, but it's a baddie shark. Yeah, but they've sort of made it out to be this little. Pet anyway. Okay. Right. So the the big bads out there as well. We also know this because Mr. I've gone missing at the beginning. Yes. I'm gonna go fix the gate and I'm never gonna come back and my girlfriend's really angry with me and yeah. she's throwing clothes at Dennis Quaid. He then turns up <laughs> in an underwater attraction. In the in probably the best scene of the film. That's shallow praise. They they are in an it's it's like like a sea life aquarium yes. in Britain, isn't it? Mm. Where you go in a tunnel and above you are like tiny little fish. and It's like the one down Tanmouth. Yeah, yeah, we've got one just around the corner or from the us. Or the deep. Yes, or the deep in Hull. Yeah. So there's most of our listeners are from either. Yeah, yeah. Hull or Newcastle, let's, let's go with some. So yeah, it's, it's like that. And it's meant to be this massive, huge... Why are you laughing? I'm just laughing at the deep. So it's in, in this underground complex and they're looking around, looking for mm. little fish and then a man's head, which is all, you know, like an eye popping out. It's a, it's very reminiscent of The first Jaws. film yeah. where, yeah, the head where pops ben out. Where Ben Gardner's boat and his, his head pops out. Mm. But in the best scene of the film, I think, is where everyone panics and someone pushes <laughs> a girl like this teenager's head against the the uh, the bit where the bits of glass, the bit of glass where this head is just floating, and she's screaming. She's like, ah! There's some real horror in there as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Some so, of the direction is horrible. Yeah, as well. oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Do, do you want to talk about the director? Do you know the director? I want to talk about him because I okay. think he's quite inept. Yeah, I don't believe they've taken more than one take of anything. Mm. Like, there's a point where um, Dennis Quaid is feeding a dolphin, <laughs> yeah. misses his mouth completely. <laughs> no one says cut. No one says let's go that again. He's like, that was carry hilarious. on. Let's carry on. Well, can we? We'll talk about Joe Alves, but first of all, let's talk a little bit about Dennis Quaid because there might be a reason why he's missing the fish's mouth. Dennis Quaid was high on cocaine throughout the entirety of this film, his cocaine issue mm. was incredibly bad at this point in his life. And he's come out and said that there is not one scene in this film where he's not high. So that might be why he's... Probably needed the cigarettes just to bring him well, down that, again. I, well, you do wonder, don't you? Yeah. Because, I mean, I think he does really well for someone who's meant to be completely off his, off his face. So let's talk about the, the direction then. So it's Joe Alves, who's the director. Do you know anything about Joe Alves? I'm hoping he was run out of Hollywood uh, briefly after this. You're exactly right. Sorry, I'm just standing up and <laughs> sitting back down again. That makes good broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, you always hear newsreaders do that during the... I just need to get comfy. Yeah, he never filmed... He never directed another film again. There's a scene where they were talking in the dock 
and the people who were talking at the front, and I think mm-hmm. it's it's yeah, it's Dennis Quaid and talking to someone I can't remember who, mm-hmm. completely out of focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the people behind are in focus, mm-hmm. so no one's just turned the dial and anything on the camera. The cinematography is appalling. And also, there's one bit which we were laughing at, weren't we, where Simon McCorkadale <laughs> and Louis Gosses Jr. are having a conversation, and suddenly out of nowhere. Um, Dennis Quaid just walks in from the right just as to, if he's been there yeah. the entire time. <laughs> it's, oh, this film is awful. It's, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm not going to say it, you because know, I'm just going to sound like a broken record. But yeah, Joe mm. Alves was the second unit director on Jaws 2. So that's why they went back to him. Oh, not even Jaws 1? No, not even Jaws 1. Well, clearly not. Clearly not. It, it feels to me, and sometimes I... I get it wrong and I misremember things. And with this one, when I get to the second half of the film, I think, oh, maybe this was one of those ones where there were so many different directors and actually Joe Alves is one of those, you know, when they don't want anyone to know who's made yes. made the film. So they, mm. I think there was a very specific name. There's a very there? specific name, yeah. Yeah, that we can't remember. But when they don't want anyone to know who the actual director was. And I sometimes think, well, I've never heard of Joe Alves. It must have just been a mishmash of people. But I think just towards the end, the the entire plot just went too posh. Yeah. Um, clearly, you know, the all the tropes, there's the big shark comes out of hiding. Apparently he's been hiding this entire time in a filtration pipe. Yeah. And um, crashes into all the bits of the underworld. So, so you know, it attacks SeaWorld. So they are sent down to weld the tunnel back together. Yeah, to repair the tunnel mm. so that the people can escape. I don't know if I went for a beer at the wrong time. Because I did pause it. Mm. Up until them getting out of that situation, I had no idea that was Dennis Quaid down there. Doing oh, the... yeah. And I did think that there's no way of them. They don't communicate with each other. You can't see whoever's down there in all their, sort mm. of all their gear. You only find out that it's anyone that kind of might be important because... Dennis Quaid's girlfriend decides she's going to go in there as well. Yeah. And she says something to Louis Gossett Jr., something along the lines of, he needs to have eyes in the back of his head. And at which point you're going, well, who? Who needs to have eyes? Oh, so it's never yeah. actually properly, like, there might be a line of dialogue somewhere, but it's not... Yeah. You, yeah it's the just someone is down there. The yeah. between the different characters at this point, that's what's really lacking. There's no sense... I mean, Simon at this point as well, Simon McCorkendale mm. has died. The shark has... No, he hasn't him. died just at this point yet. Well, he's, ab- he's about to. Yes, because he uses himself as as a human bait mm-hmm. to trap the shark. Yeah, and in a tunnel. Yes, and funnily enough, it the work. shark takes the bait in a really nasty piece of body horror. You see him flow into the shark's mouth. <laughs> you think he's going to escape, don't you? Because he's inside. You you can see the the shot is from the inside of the shark's mouth, mm. and so the teeth are going up and down, and McCorkendale's in you know on the tongue sort of thing. Yeah. And you think, oh, he's going to escape, isn't he? Because why would we be seeing inside the shark? And then the shark crunches him, and blood. I don't really up. understand how he died because he's clearly avoided all the teeth. Um, but anyway, he's gone. I mean, I was under the impression up until this point that McCorkendale was going to be a like a baddie. Because that's how he's painted. Yeah. No, he's just a goodie, just with a bad accent. And uh... oh, I'm not sure he is a goodie. I'm well, he sure volunteers he to 
die to Well, do. no, I think he doesn't. Well, he doesn't know he's going to die, does he? he? He takes the bit because he wants to, because he's a, a photojournalist. He's known for his wildlife shots. So when he's drawing the shark along, you can see him holding a very old school camera. So he's trying to get all of these shots. But he 100% volunteers to go in the water to do this. Yeah, but he's meant to be a man of daring do. So that's sort of his... Yeah, but the way that he was playing it, I thought it was more of like a Gildas Lockhart of like, ah, he's, he's got the flash of the smile, but it was, he's... It was Gildas... Do you mean Gilderoy Lockhart? Sorry, am I going to correct? Yes, I am. <laughs> it's Gilderoy Lockhart, love. I don't care. It's Harry Potter. Yeah, I know. Harry Potter, right. Ben Branner. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like that, where he was like a dashing smile, but sort of incompetent okay. in every way. That was how it was portrayed to me. All right. Um, but no, he's... Brave goes yeah, forward. Yeah. He's not sort of re- retiring like that. No, no, no. and then he dies. <laughs> Tosh Lines has a little cry in a t- know, in a, so in a tunnel, and then you never see him again. Nope, never plays out. Goodbye, Tosh Lines. <laughs> Off chasing Willy Fog. You and Willy Fog, honestly. <laughs> so then Shark escapes. Yep. And everyone converges to the control room. Yes, everyone goes to the control room. So they manage to escape. There's lots mm. of escaping and then not escaping. Yeah. And then the shark attacks the control room. In one of the worst bits of special effects I've ever seen. Yeah, so it smashes through the glass of the big control room. And when we mean smashes, you mean a picture of a shark. ZX Spectrum. Yeah, nose just goes and then a bit of glass. It doesn't even look like it's properly breaking. It's just the water rushes into that room. Yeah. And that obviously isn't special effects. Mm. And pushes all of them. It looks actually very dangerous. And then the denouement. So earlier in the film... Uh, Burke has got uh, makes a point of introducing Chekhov's grenade. Yeah, so Simon McCorkendale has some grenades uh, that were created for him by UK Army or something oh, like yeah, that. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah, and they were like, "You can't use the grenade." So when <laughs> so when the shark crashes through the glass screen, Dennis Quaid sees McCorkendale hanging out the mouth of the shark. Yeah, and decides to play hook a duck with yeah. this grenade. A metal hook that just so happens to be hanging around and is trying to, in with the greatest skill in the world... Because he's underwater. Yeah. There's a massive shark there. Take the pin out of the grenade in the shark's mouth. The pin's pulled. They get away. Somehow. Not Not far enough away, but... Mm-hmm. And then the second worst effects shot of all time. The shark explodes. The shark explodes. And just to justify the 3D, both sides of a jaw of a shark are superimposed onto the screen in what is clearly, Jaws. yeah, clearly 3D that's gone very badly. It is terrible. Mm. It is just like someone has drawn a picture of some jaws yeah. and stuck them to the telly. Mm. And that that that's the end. No, 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 because the emotional end is not making sure that, oh, Lorraine McFly got et at some point. Oh, got... she did get eaten. Yeah, Lorraine, in one of her many, come on, Sean, go in some water, yeah. takes him on one of those sort of flumey things. No, it's, 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 it's but dodgem boats. Is that what they're called? Yes, yeah, they are a bumper boats. Okay. So it's dodgems, but boats. The shark as it always does, gets loose with these things, doesn't it? This is sort of much earlier on when they first realise there's a bigger shark. Yeah. And it goes into the lagoon and mm. it knocks them into the water and it's it smashes up her leg. Yeah. She doesn't get eaten. No. Um but then it's decided that Sean should go with her to the hospital and they're never never seen again. Never seen again. Never, never mentioned. Never mentioned. Never yeah. seen. So what was the point in him being mm. there? Yeah, that's where I think the script goes really wrong. There. Mm. <laughs> and so 
we finish with them in a pool trying to find the two dolphins. This is Dennis Quaid and his girl and yeah. his girlfriend. Flip and so, Phil or whatever. Yeah, the they, they come to the surface, the shark's blown up, and they're looking for at some Cindy point a dolphin's been attacked. I don't care. Yeah, we're led to believe that one of the dolphins went bye bye yeah. earlier on. But no, it jumps out the water. The second dolphin jumps out the water right. and does and a little everyone's flip. Everyone's happy and yeah. the music soars. Mm. And yeah. and then the third worst effects shot of all time: two dolphins jump out out the sea, and we get a freeze frame to end the film. This film was awful. See, what? Right. Okay. No, so let's let's turn this. What is it you like about this film so much? Well, I personally, I think this is a precursor to Jurassic Park, right? I think they get a lot of their ideas from it. You're looking at me like I'm mad, but just hear me out, right? I think there's a really good idea here. The idea of the park where things go wrong. And I love that as a concept. I mean, I reckon Spielberg could have had an executive producer credit on this Mm -hmm. and quite noticeably didn't. Mm, yeah, I know. I don't think he was drawing inspiration from this for Jurassic Park, love. But it is it. I mean, this is this is 10 years before Jurassic Park. I mean, or Crichton, you know, if you... I don't know when Crichton wrote Jurassic Park. I'm not I mean, saying... Westworld came out long before yeah, this. Yeah, um, well, this is what I like. Parks that go wrong, that's exactly what I mean. I've completely forgotten about Westworld, but that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. I think the, the first half of this film, I think, is pretty good. You build up these characters, you know the characters, they're likeable people, they're going out for beers, they're playing silly games in in the pub, it's two brothers, there's a boss that's a little bit over the top um, and he's quite commercial but he probably, you know, does want to look after his staff somewhere. I think Simon McCorkendale and his, his weird friend, they have no place in this film. What they could have done is really built up that brotherly relationship, the fact that there's the younger brother doesn't like to go in the water he could have you know come along at the end and maybe saved his brother i think there's a good film in that it's i mean i'm talking about a good film in terms of a sequel and not like a second sequel i'm talking about a really decent disaster b movie and it just loses it halfway through it's as if someone else has come in halfway through and given it a completely different thing well bless you for for getting something out of that um, I mean, I love the fact that you've written a little cliche about how um, the guy who can't go in water jumps in to rescue his brother. Um, I mean, if this film had that, would it be a better film? I mean, if the film had anything, it would be a better film. It was the second highest grossing weekend opening. I know those words are all in the wrong order, by the way. Yeah. But, you know, one of the biggest weekend, the second biggest weekend of a film opening mm-hmm. in 1983. Yeah. However by the sort of second third weeks it had lost 40 percent so it re- it, it that's had quite normal that's by that's 40%, quite normal and it was eventually just pulled from the from the theaters okay did it make money in the end it well yeah it did but nowhere near as much as jaws and and jaws 2 no but it's it's in the top 20 films of 1983 mm. it will be because it's on yeah. my list of things that I need to watch. Yes. Well, there you go. You've watched it now. Yeah, I'm glad that I... Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm glad that I watched it with you because yeah. I could at least have some fun with it. Yeah. I kind of maintained a poker face through the first half of it and then this, after that, it was just... I think it is one to have fun with. It might be a really good drinking game film as well. You know, it's all sorts of... But, yeah. so, you know, every time Dennis Quaid has a cigarette, you might... Uh, you, you might... Would, yeah. You wouldn't make it to the end. Yeah. Which might be a blessing. <laughs> Of course, they went on to make another one, Jaws 4, Jaws the Revenge. I mean... I have no intention of making you watch Jaws the Revenge. 
Yeah, so have you... I take it you've seen Jaws Yeah, Revenge. yeah. So if you think this is bad, mm. just wait. Well, don't wait, because we're not going to watch it. But so in Jaws the Revenge, mm. they take a slightly different turn. This is the one with Michael Caine. You know, you're always asking me. Yeah, and I know that Mark Kermer does this... Tells his story about how Michael Caine got the script, opened it up, said, open the Caribbean, and said, yep, I'll take that. Yeah, and I think it paid for one of his houses. Yes. And that was it. I've never seen it, but I've seen the house it bought, I think was the quote he Michael Caine made. So the mum from um, Jaws, so if, and her, her name, I think, is Lorraine. Um, so Chief Brody's wife. So mm. by this point in time, Chief Brody's died. Um, Chief Brody's wife um, is the central character in, um, in Jaws of Revenge. And she has a psychic connection with the shark. Um, so she can sort of feel when it's near. And she has these sort of like really weird, almost like like psychic moments where she's staring out to sea and she knows where it is and what it's thinking. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's terrible. It, and also she has flashbacks to events that she couldn't possibly have known. So she fla- they flash back to earlier films where mm. she wasn't there so it's not like she's remembering <laughs> see you know if she was sitting remembering oh that time where my husband went out on a boat and you know and i waved him away and i saw i was there mm. it's not it's scenes that she wasn't there for that she's remembering it is truly awful but i would be you know what funnily enough i would now be interested to see whether you thought it was worse than this because I'm- You've re- you're really much, much harsher on this film than I thought you would be. I don't really want to ask you how many stars you're going to give it. Are you going to get me back for High School Musical? I mean, it's a worse film than High School Musical. Okay. And if High School Musical's a two, this is dipping into minus numbers. No, not minus numbers. <laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to defend it so much. Right, go on. So I would give this one and a half stars. One, that's very generous. I, I think I am being very generous I think there. You're being really generous. Um, I think that half star is for the dog. The dog with the ears. The dog with the ears that need to be held up so that. Best part of the film for you. Uh, genuinely, the best part yeah. of the film. <laughs> now I'm nervous because I made you watch Jaws three, and um, so. I take it it's going to be a, a movement up the charts, though. It's it's because yours always are. Yours are always like these cerebral events, and mine are not. So this is, I mean, did watch Husky Musical, weren't they? But um, yeah, yeah. So this is this is very cerebral. When I when we first started doing this, mm-hmm. I made a list of films that we could watch together. Yes. And coincidentally, when we launched the first podcast, one of your friends got in touch and said, oh, you want me to make Colleen watch this film? Okay. Which was already on the list. Right. So this is a joint nomination between Ooh. me and Alison. Right. So I cancelled Disney Plus today. Oh, did you? But we've got it for another two weeks. Right. Because that's when the subscription runs out. What about when Hamilton comes up? Well, can we get well, it back We'll, we'll get that? it back for that, okay, yeah. Right, right. We need, we need yeah, content for the to, podcast. I need Hamilton. Um, but. Okay, so a Disney film. Before that time, mm-hmm. how many times have I said to you, oh, if you're bored, you should watch Inside Out? Yeah, um, so many, so many times. Right, so we're, I take it we're going to watch Inside we're Out. We're watching then. Inside Out. Will I be all right with I'm Like, serious point here. Is that the film to watch at this point in our lives? I think you'll be all right. Are you sure? Yes. 
Right, because I'm, I'm genuinely yeah. asking, like, genuinely asking this. I think there are, the, like, there are proper heartbreaking things in it, but it's not, I don't think okay. it's, yeah. <laughs> right, that's what I'm worried about. Because when I first, I first watched this, when we went to, went to you New cried. York. You cried, you I, I didn't cried. just well up during it. I was on, a plane, on a plane, and I, I had to apologise to the stewardess delivering yes. my meal, because I was actually weeping. I think I'm scarred by that moment, and I've kept away from it. I mean, even before all this stuff happened to us, I've kept away from it because I just feel it might be a bit too emotional. So, I, yeah, it's it's not... I don't think it's the film you think it is. Right. There That'd is one of the most heartbreaking things to happen in a film in it. Right. That's just what I need right now, Mark. But, Thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> but if we're, if we're centering this podcast around grief, at least partially... Okay. I think this is an interesting discussion. Right. It... it I know where your mind is going. Mm. It is not what you think. Right, okay. So, yeah. Okay. Inside Out. Inside Out next week. And how long is it? it it's, I mean, it's Pixar, so it's going to be somewhat... <sighs> 95 minutes. Oh, okay. So the it's six, shorter, shorter, than, than, shorter than Jaws 3D. Shorter than Jaws 3D. Okay. Mm. Right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Go out and watch Jaws 3D. Done. <laughs> See you. See you next week. Cheers, guys. See you later. Bye. Before you go, just thought we'd mention that you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash the honeymoon pod or twitter.com forward slash the honeymoon pod. From there, you should find all the links you need to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, yay, or your favourite podcatcher. See you next week.